All right, guys, we have some great discounts from our partners, usually available on Discord, but we're going to let it loose today. $40 off Comet to your coffee, the best coffee around. If you like to make coffee from scratch or you're lazy like myself and Chris, $40 off Cometeer if you put in the code Chang, C-H-A-N-G, 20% off Athletic Brewing, the best non-alcoholic beverage around. Athletic Gift 20 is the code word, Athletic Gift 20, one word, and 10% off any day if you use the code Dave, D-A-V-E, and you can sign up for our new IO series, something we've developed with the Any Day team. Matt Black, something we're very excited about. And of course, all things Momofuku, you can visit us at shop.momofuku.com and put in the code DOMO10, 10% off all of your purchases of our instant noodles that are air-dried, not deep-fried like everyone else, and all of our pantry items, the salts, the spices, the chili crunch, or you can visit us at our great partner grocery stores, the Kroger's, the Target's, the Whole Foods near you. All right, let's get on to the show. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Double Media. Thank you, Yola Tingo, as always. Listen, if the, if the audio on this is a little bit wonky, it's because I'm testing out a new microphone. And it seems from Chris and Yuno's expression, I did not install it properly. <laughs> you read my expression correctly. Yes. And uh, again, one of the reasons I, I, I left Discord is I don't need to hear the fucking complainers. <laughs> what's the, what's the other reason that you sound a little different today? You're not you're not. We're not in I'm studio. calling from I'm calling from Washington D.C. Mm. Uh, I'm at the wharf, and um, something that we've been trying to keep under wraps. Uh, I'm joining the Thursday night football team. Woo-woo! For NFL games on Thursday, very exciting. For food-focused content, not for my horrible football a- analysis. It's only horrible to some people. To some people. But that's tonight. So we're making some food content tonight. It's airing. It may not be a great game on paper, but it's going to be a great game. Anyway, I had a blast filming here in Washington, D.C. You're going to see it tonight. I think you can right now only watch it on Amazon Prime during the coverage. So I'm going to be here. I'm going to introduce a segment tonight. Hopefully I don't flub it like I did uh, when I did the NBC broadcast for the Olympics when I went to uh, Mexico Curling Team of America. And I said, did you win? Congratulations on winning. And they said, no, we lost. (laughs) And you're like, how can you tell? (laughs) It's curling. Who knows who's winning? It's curling. I thought that the higher score is a good thing. <laughs> Thankfully, I know football way way better than curling. Anyway, we don't need to talk any more about that. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit more. Uh, we're going to do a three things. We're going to do a pro football food weekly and uh, maybe a mailbag of sorts and ask Dave. But Chris Yang, do people know that you have a YouTube thing going on? We've got a whole YouTube thing going on. I don't know if people know. We uh, we launched our Major Domo Media YouTube page, uh, YouTube channel, where we're making all sorts of stuff on a weekly basis. And I think that at some point this week, in addition to my my little show, Ying Cooks the Internet, we're going to be 
popping some crazy pot pie action out there too. Dave and I did something wild the other day. Well, this is the thing. I don't know how to convince people that we did not plan any of this. <laughs> Cause we, Chris and I on live uh, YouTube, which was taped live, made a chicken pot pie from scratch in 45 minutes without a recipe. And there's a lot of look at, look at us making a dish without a recipe. That's not us. We literally did look at us. What's my condition without a recipe? We, we didn't know what was happening. Yeah, I, and we did it. Uh, so that's that's yeah. We launched this YouTube page. We're putting all sorts of stuff there. You're gonna see like YouTube. You're gonna see shorts from this show. But I think the focus is gonna be that this kind of we're trying to carve a niche for ourselves here, and it seems like it's gonna be no net, no plan, just freewheeling cooking. Uh, but yeah, Major Domo Media on YouTube. Also, if you have an LG TV, we've been uh, polishing up our our fast channel. Major Domo TV on, on LG TVs. There's good stuff on there, man. Wow. Congratulations, folks. We just did almost uh, 15 minutes of plugging of our own <laughs> shit. <laughs> now, on to the show. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else, like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit, where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing, you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to, though. But take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled over easy or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. We're going to start off with the three things. But before I get into three things, I was wondering, do I talking about what happened at, at, at the restaurant? I mean, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. I think that uh, I was thinking about this a bunch. I, listen, I'll, I'll just say in this, I don't know if it's appropriate for me to talk about this because of things. I had a, a near-death experience, mm-hmm. like very- <laughs> a real near-death experience. Um, so much that it's probably going to change me for life. And I can't talk more about that, but uh, it, it was quite scary. The whole thing was quite scary. And it wasn't a car accident. It was something else that was beyond anyone else's control. Yeah. Maybe I'll be able to talk about it. But man, it's only stuff you may see in like movies. Yeah. And I wish it upon nobody. Good God. I mean, yeah. Chilling. 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 And none of it is good. None of it is good. I, I'm only, it's taken me a couple of days to be able to like compose myself to talk about it, but I'm here. I'm grateful. I'm alive. And uh, yeah. Thanks for, thank you, Ying, for, for being so concerned. Man. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I genuinely, this is not like, we're not just like uh, not telling you about a YouTube show we're making or something, like genuinely can't really talk about it. But man, it's a, it's a crazy world out there. I'm sure you're shook, man. I'm sure you're totally shook. Yeah, I, 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 did, I wasn't able to sleep. I wasn't hurt. No one I know was hurt, but it was crazy. 
Anyway, um, I want to talk about it because there's a lot to unpack from it, but I just don't know if it's possible to talk about. Yeah. And I'm sure if people are listening are like, well, dang, thanks. Thanks for nothing. It's impossible. Okay. In, uh, no, knowing all, both sides of it, I think it's irresponsible for him to talk about at this moment, but there's no way in the world that he, she, he can't talk about, you know, his mindset right now being. I just, yeah. Yeah. Um, three things. We're going to get into three things. Three things I buy at a Korean market. Ooh. I always buy scallions. Mm-hmm. At H Mart, they have 25 cent scallions, mm-hmm. and I buy like eight scallions always. And I don't buy the organic ones because guess what? They're not enough for me to, to, to buy organic. Yeah. Yeah. They're always small and they look weak and feeble, <laughs> not powerful like the non organic scallions. Right. They haven't been fueled by fertilizers and insecticides to their full potential. I usually go to the the produce section first, and it's really hard. For three things I guarantee I always buy would be that. I almost always buy some kind of green there, right? Some kind of saute. Pea tendrils, some kind of baby bok choy, ta choy, whatever. So that's two. It's a guarantee that I buy. I guess the third one is hard. That's a guarantee because a lot of it, I've been going much less uh, as of late because I've been going to Vier to supermarket a lot more and I've been buying stuff online. But the produce is something I always buy and I always buy. I'm just going to keep it on the produce for sure. Produce section. It's always mushrooms. Always mushrooms. A lot of king oyster, a lot of enoki, but I stopped eating those because both my sons now have... have have uh, eradicated mushrooms from their diet, so that's been a while. Oh, man. But bean sprouts. Mm. Not, Hugo doesn't eat bean sprouts, but Gus inhales kong namu. What is your, what is your, okay, do you buy the pre-sealed bag of bean sprouts, or do you buy them in bulk and fill your own bag? I never buy bulk, I always buy the pre-sealed. Mm. But there's there's two types. There's mung bean and then there's soybean. We're buying the mung bean ones. Hmm. And how do you what are you doing with mung bean sprouts that you're eat, you're buying them every time? Quick saute. Yeah. Quick saute. Another thing, I, I guess this is hard to just do three, but I would say the things that I always buy is I always buy um kochori, which is the fresh kimchi. Hmm. I, I feel like they supermarkets always make it. And I probably always buy a kimbap there as well. So let's just say top three things in produce. It's always some kind of sauté green, especially if they have pea green, pea tendrils. I'll buy that pea shoots. I'm always buying bean sprouts, and definitely buying scallions. Sometimes I'll buy. I don't buy fruit from there because I always think it's sort of hot garbage. The fruit that's the berries. There, I should say, Asian pears. What are they calling it now? Like apple like, pear. Apple pear bunch of bullshit um, <laughs> why would they take that from us we only had one fruit uh, named after us and you're gonna change it I to know. apple pear is fucking bullshit apple pear <laughs> uh, uh sometimes i buy apple pear but that's about it and like that bad bite almost always my bags of ginger from there mm-hmm. you know ginger is insanely cheap and i buy a lot of it there yeah if i had if you had your druthers if you could just if you uh 
could teleport from one grocery store to the next, would the Asian grocery store be where you teleport for produce? And then which which grocery stores would you go to for each each category of food? Not all H Marts are the same. And sometimes look at market is great. What's the other one? There's like two other competitors to H Mart that are fantastic. Uh, I can't remember their names. There's California market. Yep. Yep. And then what's the other chain one? Um, there's a couple of them. Like in Fullerton, there's like a triangle of death where there's three or four on the same corner. And honestly, I think that's the best place to shop for Korean products because you have to be on top of your game. You can't slip up or you're going to lose <laughs> business. Mm-hmm. But I got to say, I'm not going. The reason I've been going to Vierta supermarket or a lot in the supermarket for beef is or meats. It's because I can get it thinly sliced as well. Um, I, I can buy the greens at a, at a, at a farmer's market and especially my fruit. So the bean sprouts, I can also get at any supermarket as well. So I don't really need to get produce at an Asian market anymore. So the only thing for real is the cheap ass scallions. And I cook scallions. I use scallions in everything at home. In my professional kitchen and home kitchen, scallions everywhere. And a lot of the, once you get stocked up on the pantry items, most of that is shelf stable. So it's not like you need that. Sometimes I'll go to get snacks for Hugo for his school lunch. And those are things you can only specifically get in the Asian market. And that's about it. I do not buy fish anymore from any Asian market, Korean market, unless it is salted mackerel, croaker, which I never cook because it smells too too intense at home, or it's live. Right? You can buy live spot prawns. You can buy. I never buy abalone, but I buy crabs from there. I never buy anything that's that any fish from there anymore because I just think it. It's not that it's not great. It's just hard to endorse i feel you i think that there is a a, i I buy the live stuff there is a general i know there's good stuff in the huge display out front but there's also like some ammoniated old stuff (laughs) that i'm just like i can't it's not ammonia it's just handled really roughly right and you know i would still say h mart's better than anyone else agree with the most part Way better than 99 Ranch. Not even a question. <laughs> Listen, it's hard to admit, but yeah. 99 Ranch is... <laughs> it's dark times over the fish section. Except, it's, with the it, exception it, of the... Again, I will buy stuff out of the tanks. 99 Ranch is the basement in Pulp Fiction. With the game. <laughs> okay, please. Okay. That's not true. Okay. That's it not looks true. like a... A, a, a torture chamber i do have to go to 99 for there are certain I, so we've talked about this before but like the korean market is the perfect venn diagram between the major asian cuisine supplies right you're gonna get your japanese stuff korean stuff and chinese stuff you're not gonna get all the chinese stuff you're not gonna get all the japanese stuff but you'll get enough of both whereas you go to J- japan you go to the japanese market like i'm not gonna find what you're looking for if you're not looking for japanese food but i still gotta go to 99 oh. for for my weird chinese pastes <laughs> And unguents. All right. So, you know what? Let's do a sidestep on these three things. Of all the Asian supermarkets, all the ethnic supermarkets, and I'm going to, oh, let's keep it to Asia because that's our forte, Mm. right? 
which which does what the best, right? Yes. So- I, 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 I'm going to give the fresh meat and seafood to Korean supermarkets. Well, I'm gonna give t- yeah. I mean, Japanese markets might have, I don't know, seafood department might be all right. The live is my it, it, live is the preference. You're right. You're right. Fine. Right. But nine and I ranch, you know, I don't go there and my Chinese friends don't go there for meat and seafood either. You know what? 99 ranch, ranch, you get the, you go for brunch, <laughs> brunch foods in the hot section. I think people go for an iron ranch because I think the produce is cheaper and it's, it's great. So what I would just say this for any that's Chinese market. The prepared foods are way better, mm-hmm. way better, way better across the board, way better. Don't even matter what it looks like. They're going to have awesome barbecue meats, lunch boxes, you name it. It's going to be really good. I think that's a real strength is the, the it's not in the food court, the prepared foods, the in-house foods. Great. I, I'm going to say the hot take, though, is the best prepared food section are in Thai supermarkets. Yes, because you're yeah. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. For they got the best desserts. They got the only desserts in Asia that are worth eating. Yes, number one for the big stacks of plastic clamshells filled with wonderful looking desserts and fried fish and larbs and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything out of a Thai supermarket for me is a wonderland of things that I want to buy that's already prepared. Desserts as well. It's the only place where I'm like, man, that looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that green white thing that I don't know, but I'm yeah. sure it's all and all the desserts are flour, sugar, pandan, and coconut. Right. Every variation of it, it's gonna be good. That little jiggly wedge of green and white looks really I don't know what it is, but yeah. it looks really it is, good. It's gonna be good. Whatever is stuffed in that rice thing that looks like a Thai cannoli, it's gonna be good. <laughs> yeah. I have not I have not been to enough Filipino supermarkets here, and I know there are plenty. Um, so I, I, I'm not an expert in any of that to, to give my preference. So the sauces as well, sauces, I actually think Thai supermarkets are fantastic in general. So nobody does it all. It's a little who, bit like right, last one on this though. Lord of the Rings. Who has the best freezer aisles? I would say China. Listen, Korean supermarkets have great freezer aisles, but it's too fucking bougie. It is like, it is a lot of the stuff in the frozen section of the Korean market is like, I bet if I were Korean, my mom would just make this for me instead of just like the super expensive version I have to buy here. Uh, Ying, I I just saw, you know, mouth. And I'm going to give you a hot take. Here's my hot take for the day. With the exception of Mitsua in New Jersey and Mitsua in Gardena. Right, and there's two in the Gardena area. Unless it's a Mitsuo that has a giant food court, Mitsuo food courts are fantastic. I am not impressed at all with any Japanese supermarket in America, because almost everything you can buy at a Japanese supermarket you can get at one of you know H Mart or Nine Nine Ranch. And I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed with the seafood. I'm not impressed. Sometimes the bento box, I'll give, I'll give it to them. The bento boxes and some of the prepared foods. Again, but I already said that the prepared foods are always good. But like, I can get that 
you know, it's not as good. It's not sandbaggable. I, you know I, what think... I mean, a lot of it might be fried, salted fish, whatever, but the produce, the frozen food section, the snack food section is almost identical if you go to a 99, not identical, but you get a lot of crossover in the other supermarkets. I'm just saying, if this was in Asia, if this was even in Taiwan, right? Anything in Japan, it would be number one, not even, not no question, right? It's not the operator's fault. We just don't have the, the supply of excellent shit that they get in Japan. I think there's two, there's, I think you're totally right. One thing that you'd point out, you like the Mitsua in New Jersey specifically and the one in, in Garden Grove specifically. There's a thing where don't go, like, don't go to the small one in Garden Grove. The small one sucks. And if okay, so but that's it. just general thumb. General thumb. If it's a small, small Japanese market, yes, there's only there's only so much you can get. This is what I was getting at. For some reason, Japanese markets in America tend to have a smaller, actual smaller physical footprint than you don't get a big ass ninety nine, a big ass H Mart. You walk into some of these. I, I, I Google mapped myself to some Nijia in downtown. And I walked in and I was like, this is smaller than a liquor store. Like, I'm not going to find anything in here whatsoever. And I'm also going to push back slightly on the prepared foods. I think that they are the weakest point of those Japanese markets. Because you go in, you see all these like onigiri, whatever. And you have this vision in your head of a Lawson's or a family mart. And it's going to be great. And then it's always a disappointment in a Japanese American supermarket. And now you can get the onigiri and a lot of the other things at the other Asian supermarkets. I'm just saying, probably Japan was number one for a long time. But like most things in culture, when you're number one, people take and they copy, and it's just not the superpower that it once was. You know, it's a microcosm for of history. When you just look at the Asian supermarkets here in America, anyone that wants to write a dissertation on that, you can use me as a reference. <laughs> Citation. Dave Chang show minute 34. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a break. We'll get into the PFFW. Apple card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple card with Apple pay purchases and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, guys. It's Pro Football Food Weekly. And now we can just say, says the cat's out of the bag. The reason we've been doing this is because, guess what? I'm joining the Amazon. <laughs> There's a night football team. 
if you not guys, for every game. If you all out there were listening to Pro Football Food Weekly for the last few weeks and we're just like, oh my God, why would anybody want to listen to this guy's lines? Well, listen, <laughs> now it's going national. <laughs> yeah, now it's going national for sure. Not for every game, but you know, we're, we're testing some things out and really gearing up for the Black Friday game. First Black Friday game in NFL history. And uh, when Aaron Rodgers went down for the Achilles, I really felt the pain because it's going to be the Miami Dolphins versus the New York Jets. And uh, I am, I am a Miami Dolphins fan for sure as well, but uh, I got to, I got to come up with a lot of ideas and uh, it's very hard Hmm. on Black Friday, but uh, we're excited and we're excited to be creating content, working with the Amazon Thursday night football team. A lot of excitement there, but one of the ideas we had, Chris and I had, was what if we just sort of took the arbitrariness of pro fo- pro football weekly and just said, we're, we're the algorithm now. We're the algorithm now. Instead of you're the captain now. I'm the captain now. I'm the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, it's is there any real difference between, if you think about this logically, is there any real difference between like, what are you looking at in the game today? Well... Uh, Paul, I'm looking at the special teams units. This is going to be the difference maker. Why would that be any more relevant than what these players eat when they're, you know, not and, playing? And listen, I, I love the Potfather himself and Cousin Sal, but listen, their records, you can laugh at our records. <laughs> We're just saying it could be worse. <laughs> our, our record is pretty close to the records that are already out there. <laughs> Based on literally nothing but gut feeling. <laughs> so I'm the algorithm now. <laughs> How did we do last week? What, what, what what's the uh, what was the outcome of last week's predictions? You took. Go ahead. You know, Simmons has the one million dollar picks. We got the one billion dollar. <laughs> so we predicted that Green Bay would win by twenty four against the Packers. <laughs> And they lost by 14. Okay. And then our upset of the week, uh, the Steelers at the Texans, we had Houston winning by six, 24-18, and they won by 24. So our upset was correct. We, we How were, about that? Look at that. You know why? Permanti sandwiches. <laughs> we're not time. I think, listen, to this week, better. Better than Houston this week, potentially. Mm-hmm. But I'm in that game at that moment in that time and place, right? Houston won. Houston had better food that moment. And that's why it's impossible for anybody to come at us because it's theoretically possible, right? Just like in physics, I swear to God, they say it's in a pot of boiling water. It is theoretically possible that at boiling temperature of 212 degrees, it's theoretically possible that there will be a moment in time when there's no bubbles on top of the water. Yes. Right? Yes. And it could be happening. You just don't know it. Ergo, <laughs> I think you... it's also theoretically possible <laughs> that in any given matchup at that time, and there's a millisecond where that entire town is cooking better food than another town. Mm. And we're just calling it. I see. I thought you were saying that we had the same odds of being correct as a pot of boiling water being completely still on the surface. 
theoretically, I'm just saying, technically, we're saying the same thing, but I'm now giving it a different perspective. All right. I'm saying, you, yes, that is true, Chris, but I phrased it in a way that's more powerful. Yes. Yes. Okay. For sure. For sure. Uh, but we were right. There was a moment of stillness in the boiling water last week. Yeah. And we got one. We got one. Do you want to start by handicapping this game? Tonight's game, the one that you have probably the most, you were basically on the field doing this research. You were, you were right there. You got an inside line on the state of food in Washington, D.C. today. Yeah, I mean, if you think that I'm choosing Chicago, you're wrong. Because <laughs> at no point, at no point this week, this week is Chicago going to have no boiling bubbles. It's just going to, it's just not going to happen. Washington. I can tell you right now, Washington is going to have straight 5-0 in the five S's. It's winning five. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go through. So, so, so Washington is a six and a half point favorite. Is that right? You know, six and a half point favorite here. And the five S's to remind everybody is how Chang's algorithm works. It's a very simple system of inputting five different things. Each city's sandwich, steakhouse, seafood, sweets, and special teams. And if you do a side-by-side comparison, it's a guaranteed, guaranteed perfect pick. You want to go one by one on this one, Chang? Yeah. Steakhouse? Well, it's clear. We have a lot. We have Salmon Harry's. Capitol Grill was born here. Um, We have every chain. We have Michael Mina's. And there's a whole host of other steakhouses here. In terms of meat, we have plenty of Lebanese food, uh, of kebabs and such. We we got a great restaurant called Bogey Dick. We got a lot of different meat options here. I'm just saying, no matter what, Chicago could have Peter Lugers. He ain't winning this week. <laughs> the stakes. And this is the one thing. This is the one thing Jordan did not do well on. Michael Jordan Steakhouse. <laughs> the steakhouses this week, this Thursday, are firing on all cylinders in in Washington D.C. Just pitching perfect games. I, I, I have no doubt. If you want to eat the best steaks in the country best meat in the country you better come to dc right now <laughs> tomorrow will be too late it's today only today it's it's all about dc all right what is okay i mean chicago chicago has great steak it's a steak town but today right now this is a washington win i mean that's not a subjective opinion chicago <laughs> the algorithm says it's objective what about in the sandwich department? Now, this is this is Chicago's kind of legendary for sandwiches, whether it's the Italian beef or Chicago dog. It's a sandwich place. I don't know which little little known fact that Chris Store based the beef yes. on El Bifo. In Washington, D.C., a very secret pop-up restaurant that very few people have ever been to. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Ask Chris Storer. Get him on the podcast. You'll see. It was based on El Bifo. You're making a mockery of the five S's. <laughs> what is the signature? In seriousness, what is the signature sandwich of D.C.? What is what what is the representative you're putting out there? It's an open-faced crab cake sandwich. 
Oh shit. Is that is, is that <laughs> I have not spent enough time at DC to it's know a, whether or not it's you're a single it's a single decker. It's sure it's a single decker. Is okay. Is that it would if I asked four other people in TC, would they say that that's the signature sandwich? You you, you don't trust me? I can't tell anymore, El Bifo, <laughs> what's real and what's not. Uh, okay. I mean, I, listen, at the end of the day, DC is by the Potomac Chesapeake river. We have all kinds of seafood here. We have the abundance of the Chesapeake Bay. We have oysters. We got blue crab. We got blue crabs. What you got Chicago perch <laughs> pike walleye. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, Unquestionably, DC blue crab, Maryland blue crab has it over over Chicago. I was asking you about sandwiches, but sure, seafood—they've definitely got the seafood. I went to say seafood <laughs> simply because the best sandwiches are seafood. <laughs> I was like, "Who's your best running back?" You're like, you got to see this wide receiver. He's <laughs> incredible. Uh, all right, sweets. We have. Chicago's like a candy town, right? It's a real candy chocolate city. Fine, take sweet Chicago. <laughs> I don't care. You couldn't think of a sweet in Washington, D.C. of note. Take it. What do I care? Uh, <laughs> I'm on a low-carb diet anyway. Who cares? And then special teams. You know has identified the special team of Chicago. And I, and I would like to hear what Chicago people think about this. As Jardiniera. The the pickle mix, spicy pickle mix of cauliflower, carrots, and peppers, and 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 whatnot that they slop onto everything, Italian beefs included. What's the special sauce of DC? Go go music. <laughs> another sure, another apt comparison. Would you rather? Eat some jardiniere or listen to Goku music. Oh, that's a tough one. I've never really been asked this before. All right. DC, Go-Go music. Listen, fine. If, Chicago, if you want to take special sauce, you want to take special teams, take it. That's still a 3-2 victory for, for Washington. That's that's why I give it, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you the paw. Take it. <laughs> give us your score prediction. Like I said, Washington's a six and a half point favorite. Are they going to cover? I'm going to give the Chicago, I'm going to give the Chicago, I'm the bank. I'm going to give the Chicago Bears 15 and a half points. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so the PFFW spread is Washington minus 15, uh, 15 and a half. Yeah. Okay. Minus 15 and a half. All right. And honestly, the difference is, is that spread's only going up. Yeah. Not down, not down with the money. It's going up. Yeah, yeah. Bet now. That's how confident. That's how confident people are in the PFWW. Get your FFW. get your bets in now, but because by the time kickoff rolls around, that spread could have climbed up to twenty and a half, at least. <laughs> there are there are no close games in the PFFW. <laughs> you want to run through any more of the games? What else is it? What's on? Oh, it's on upset alert this week. The. We have an algorithm alert upset. <laughs> we have Philadelphia favored by four points against the Los Angeles Rams. Is that right? I, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to flip that. The Rams are going to win 
by four points. Yeah. They're going to win by four points. Mainly because, listen, Philly, I'm probably going to die next time I'm there, which is why I'm probably never going to go back. As much as I love you, and many of my, my buddies are there, it's clear that the, the, the five W's are pointing the other direction. They're pointing to the West Coast. Do we even need to go into the five S's here? I mean, on paper, this is interesting. On paper, this is a this is a close matchup in in certain areas. I think that. All right, let's get let's do it. Let's get in there. All right, so uh, for the sandwiches, sandwich this this for most people, for most casual football fans who don't know anything, they're going to give this one automatically to Philly because you've got cheese steaks, you've got. Uh, to Nick's roast pork, you got hoagies, and they're just saying I mean, this is a town known for its sandwiches. I mean, the fact that you need to put John's roast pork, and that's really the sandwich of choice for people from Philadelphia, I think. Right? Um, I think people only put cheese sticks with just like people that think about New York think about the Statue of Liberty. It's like not something that anybody that lives there thinks about too much. Although. There's a clip I saw recently about a, a local that was in Pat's line. There's Pat's and Gino's. They're just like, fuck you, you tourists. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find it. Go home. <laughs> so you're saying you're saying these, these football fans who think that Philly has the sandwich on lock are, are people who are like, Oh, the 49ers are good because they have that Joe Montana guy. You're like, this is yeah, old yeah, news. Yeah, yeah. This is not what it really I, I is. I guess the, the hottest take for me is really, if you live in Philadelphia, the sandwich of choice for majority of people, a real Philly fan, is they would say roast pork over cheesesteak. It doesn't have to be John's. It could be any roast pork. It's roast pork over cheesesteak, right? It's like saying everyone in New York eats a bagel or is dirty, dirty one. Like, Some people do. But I want to say this. We could talk about the bunmies. We could talk about a lot of different things that LA has sandwich-wise. There's a lot of great sandwiches in both. It's hard to... It's very hard to beat a Langer's number 19. And there's been a lot of joking. That is serious. And anybody that wants to come at me, they should really try it first. Because it's one of the best things you'll ever eat. It is the best pastrami sandwich i think the pastrami is better in katz's in new york but as a sandwich it's the bread the coleslaw it's again it's got all of my favorite things textural contrast heat contrast and it's got sweet and salty it's got it all it is an unstoppable force right it really is it's like the patrick mahomes of sandwiches you can do it all all right, so this is why they're on. This is why they're on upset alert because I think on paper, again, this is what the whole PFFW is about. On paper, Philly might look like the better team, but if you really know your game, if you're really digging in, you're looking at the Langers number nineteen of it all. This is a Rams victory. What do you got? The steak steakhouse. I've talked. I've, I remember talking to Vetri and a few other people. There are some classic old school steakhouses in Philly, but it's not as classic and cool and it should be because philly's got a lot of good fellas connections etc etc old school but it's not 
all we need to bring is Musso and Frank's or, or, or John's that, that was just redone by uh, Joaquin, right? Was it Joaquin? Who's the guy that's running John's now? Dear John's. Oh, it's just Icy Train, isn't it? That's it. Sorry. Sorry, Chef. I ate there recently. It was wonderful. And we got Chispaca. LA's got the steakhouse thing going on in all varieties. Seafood. I mean, there's an oyster, there's crab house. Philly's got good seafood. Yep. But LA wins. I think LA, I, th- I, f- I feel like LA clearly wins there. But yes. I mean, even if you just talk about uh, the sushi, mm-hmm. we win. And listen, I rarely am on the LA sushi bandwagon. We, you know, the number one thing that I'm tired about in LA is the crystal charging. The number two is, oh man, our sushi's the best. I'm like, you know that? <laughs> and it's just such a blind, blind belief. Right. That LA sushi is the best sushi. Yes, we got great sushi, but it's not the top, top tier. I'm talking about the top, top tier. I think Sugarfish changed the game and people eat at that on the regular. And it's great. But I'm talking about the sushi counters, the five, the six seeds sushi does. I think New York's got that in the bag. I agree with that. I think our sushi is better than Philadelphia, though. And let's just say Philadelphia probably makes a better Seattle dog. Right. And a Seattle roll. I mean, they also have a they also have a Philadelphia roll. It's true, so we shouldn't discount the Philadelphia roll as their as their contributive uh, seafood. And and desserts, I'm going to give desserts to Philadelphia simply because of tasty cake. And I'm also going to give snacks and special teams to Philadelphia mm. because the entire state of Pennsylvania, if we lost it, it would be like losing California in terms of snack foods, you know? It really is. Everything that is wonderful snack, shelf-stable snack food, it's produced in majority of it. I, I wouldn't say it's the California. It is um, the Saudi Arabia of snack food. In that we have become oil-dependent upon it? We have yeah. become dependent. Majority, majority of oil is produced there. Mm-hmm. In that, and like Philadelphia, the whole region, they consume snacks they're pros mm. right it's like eh, like kazakhstan makes the best wrestlers philadelphia you know the state of pennsylvania just makes the best snacks across the board no it's not not that no one even comes close sweet and savory because you got the whole potato chip thing happening i mean variety so many companies making potato chips mm-hmm. and snacks and chip. but tasty cake really wins just on sweets alone because a world without tasty cake is a very sad place all right so the the algorithm has that another three two although in favor of the underdog los angeles rams four point dogs what is the algorithm setting this line at i i think it's going to be i'm going to just give you the over on this i'm going to take 72 points (laughs) total okay you can guarantee I'm going to give you a guarantee it's going to be over 72. Okay. I'm really curious, you know, if you can, if you, if you can dig up really quickly what the actual over under is on that game. Over 72. I bet you it's 65. Again, this is just this is a high score. Game. This is solid betting advice. It's, it's 47. 47. 
what, what are you are you serious? The the overall the over for the Philly Commanders game was sixty eight points in real life. Well, they thought that Philly was going to hang sixty eight points on the Commanders. <laughs> no, I'm going seventy two. It's going to be a shootout, an epic shootout by two great cities. All right, I love it. All right, well, let's take a break. We're going to get to an Ask Dave. All right, guys, we got an Ask Dave. Hi, Dave. Can you provide some good sandbagging tips to help put together a better-than-average football tailgate? I used to haul a smoker and smoke some ribs on-site, but now there's kids and responsibilities, so both at home and on-site prep. Time and effort is limited. Wow. I'm not a fan of – I don't like tailgating. I, my hands get dirty. It's hard to wash your hands. Hmm. Hard to use the bathroom. You know, I'm not a fan of tailgating when you can tailgate at home. If you're an indoorsman, you're actually anti tailgating. Mm-hmm. I it's same thing with glamping. Let me put it this way: I like to camp when there's air conditioning. Okay. In my tent. Okay. Okay. I don't, <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Isn't the isn't the out the outdoorsman? Isn't the indoorsman's? Let me for the record, I've never camped with air conditioning because I never camp at all, so I have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. Isn't the uh, isn't the indoorsman's tailgate here, or, or or the struggling new parents, no time to truck this rib smoker out anymore? Isn't the solution just to buy a big Deliver? big tray of shit and bring it there? Yeah, I just get it delivered to your home. But if you're going, if you're going to tailgate, I'm going to say in LA, let's say if I was going to go tailgate a Rams game, wouldn't I just buy like 150 Imperial rolls from Golden Deli or even just like a, 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 a lechon or something and just rock up with that and just throw the rest in the trash can when you're done, basically, and call it a day. What are the tacos, can, canasta tacos? Yeah. I would have got those. Which are basically meant to be sat in, like, in their own steam under a piece of foil like there's so many sandbaggable foods you can buy and if you're really a psychopath you can make them but really you can just go buy these by the tray tamales mark i'm gonna try to answer this in earnest instead of being a total prick about it (laughs) if i was going to sandbag and you can't brown the smoker i would make a seven layer dip because everyone loves a seven layer dip they're so good they're so damn good i mean Here's the thing with seven layer dip. You don't even need a tortilla chip. If I could just quadruple or like dip eight, 10 times the same spoon, you're eating that like lasagna. You don't even need a chip. You're just, you need it like it's a, a trifle, <laughs> a savory trifle. Don't tell me. The chip is almost unnecessary. There's, there's, it's unnecessary. The, the chip is decorum. That's all that the chip is. It's like, Cause it, they've never made a, a uh, a double strength chip for a seven layer dip because if you make a proper seven layer dip, it's going to break any chip. It just is going to break any chip. You can't do it. You know, I was, I was, my first reaction was like, oh my God, that is monstrous, man. You can't just eat a seven layer dip with a spoon. That's, that's, that's sacrilege. But then I thought, okay, what if I crumbled a bunch of fucking chips and just put it on there? I would eat that with a spoon, right? What's the difference? Yeah. Or you do what I do. If you have leftover seven layer dip, you just eat it like a trifle and then you put in a chip in your mouth. But you can't dip the chip in a seven layer dip. Is that a, is that a haiku? I think it was. They need to make like really long. Yeah. Cause the chip isn't long enough. They need to make like a spoon shaped chip 
Ooh. There was one chip. There's only one chip that a seven layer dip can dip, and that's a Frito Lay chip. Because it's long. But yeah, problem is you don't get enough seven layer. You only get like three layers. You need like a, a long Frito-Lay tortilla chip. chip that looks like a, a razor clam shell that you can really get all seven layers and scoop. Now it we're out. talking. Now <laughs> we're talking. Now we're talking. So I would say in earnest, a seven layer dip. Everyone loves a seven-layer dip. It's just one of those things. It's like the politician we need in this world. We need a seven-layer dip because everyone loves the seven-layer dip. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong here, right? <laughs> a good seven-layer dip is transformative. Can you name the seven layers? Guac, sour cream, cheese, salsa, beans, olives. Oh, yeah. I think that is olives, yeah. And one scallions. Is that the seventh layer? Is scallions the seventh layer? I believe I'm correct. <laughs> I believe I'm correct. I think you're right. I am correct. Hey, seven layer, a good one can be really good. I'm just saying. So I'm making seven layer dip. And as a smoker, I might make a, like a Momo style balsam, any kind of pork shoulder. Um, chili crock pot. That's what I would use. I would make chili. I would make things that really only get better. Sandbagging for tailgating things are better when they're held at room temp or they're even just like sitting it up like a warm water bath type of thing is good. I would never make nacho cheese. I would never do you know, I'm not I'm not gonna make sandwiches. Those are the things you're right, you buy, right? But if you want to make a spread where it looks like you put in the work but you really didn't, then I would just make a chili, seven layer dip. I would make wings, those are the things you buy. Would I make anything else? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> my Meatballs, meatballs might be a good one, right? Anything that's a braised thing. Meatballs are good because it's not too tight. I would never do a, a short rib. I would just do meatballs. I would make seven-layer dip. And I would do chili. I would only honestly do one of those and buy everything else. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Cooking on site is a fool's game. It's just too much work. And again, when I spoke to the super fans, the Hogats, because that's what the, they're called. They dress in pig costumes and, and other crazy things. They're they're uh, they're called the Hogats, and they raise a lot of money. But they're fanatical, you know. They're religious. It's almost. It's. I've never spoken to one in real life, like super fan. But um, when I told him I, I'm not the biggest fan of tailgating. I might as well like, you know, kick the puppy in front of them. I mean, you told you told religious fanatics that you're not the biggest fan of going to church. Basically, <laughs> it's like what you did. Yeah. And I, I got to say the main reason why is eating things remotely. I think tailgating in a parking lot, I understand that's tradition. I think I'm going to learn a lot more on Black Friday because I think I'm going to have to tailgate a lot. Chris and I did it at the Auburn game. I think it's hard to do well. And there's nothing about that experience that I couldn't have at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also understand that many people that like to tailgate it's the experience of going there, but I'm not, I, I just don't see the joy in it because the big thing for me is that having a bathroom right there. 
You know, I've always, I've, you know, am I crazy or are there certain people who will tailgate the game and then just stay outside through the whole game and like watch it on TV? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. that makes no sense. You're going to the parking lot to watch the game on TV in a folding chair in the cold outside. I think a lot of people do that, I mean, mainly because the games are very expensive, you know, too. But I also know people that would go to concerts like dead shows and fish shows. And that's not even about going to the concert, per se. I'd say most of the people that go to the parking lot don't go to the concert, you know, and they feel like the tailgating is its own thing. So I, I'm not talking poorly about it. I'm just saying I'm not in tune or in touch or understand that culture, which is why, like, you know, I don't go to Comic-Con myself. It's the same thing. It's like, you know, on my back. Oh man, that was like a very, very. Res- I don't even know how to categorize that. It was a very respectful insult. <laughs> oh yeah, yes it was. Because <laughs> people, I'm so proud of Because the tailgating community is just neither here. Be like respect, man, respect. He's not. He said he's not talking poorly about us. He's not talking poorly about us. He thinks that we're like the Comic Con guys. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> if you were forced to go to Comic Con in San Diego or New York, you were forced to do it, and you had to do full cosplay. Yeah, which. Which character would you go as? <laughs> Chrissy Hank. Chrissy Hank. It's like they're 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 your family's held <laughs> hostage, and you have to send in a photo. You have to send in a photo. Your family's held hostage, Chrissy Hank. And the ransom really is they just need to see you full dressed up in all the regalia as a sci-fi character and like you're going to Comic-Con. And if you don't do it right, something unfortunately is going to happen to your oh, family. Man. So you have to choose it. What would you choose? All right, give me, give me, uh, give me uh, the universe though. Marvel, Star Wars, DC, what universe? Yeah, the, no, 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 you, you, you're, 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 anything. Oh, man. Anything that goes to Comic-Con. Any, anything that goes to Comic-Con. Um... And any gender. You can go, you know, gender fluid for you. <laughs> don't matter. So you got you always want to see me dress up as Ahsoka. Is that what you want me to choose? Want me to go full Ahsoka when I go there? No, I think I would take advantage of my natural body shape here and go as the thing from Fantastic Four. But body, <laughs> but but no no outfit. I'm saying like body paint only. <laughs> just just <laughs> body paint rocks all over me. That's my that's my cosplay. Yeah. Wow. I think. I think I might go as um, <laughs> I think I'd probably go as an Korean hobbit. <laughs> they don't exist. I've never seen them anywhere. I go as a Korean hobbit. I'm I'm Frodo Chang. <laughs> just barefoot, just walking around. Because even the smallest people can make a difference. <laughs> I would just go to street clothes and be like, I'm just, I'm just Shang-Chi. I'm the only, I'm the only Asian one. I'm just in street clothes. Shang-Chi. It's all right. We release your family because they never want to see you shirtless <laughs> with body paint on ever. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the catch 22 is I have to send a picture, but my family won't accept me back after they've seen the picture. All right. Give us five stars. Go check out our YouTube channel at Major Doma Media on YouTube. And if you are so inclined, go watch tonight, Amazon Thursday Night Football on Prime. 
I'll be covering some three institutions, food at three institutions, about the dark times for being a Washington football team fan and uh, the hope moving forward. All right. <laughs>